bekannt. Fatal. It has come to our attention that you really don't send us as many emails as we'd like. I really, really think you should send more emails to us here at Confatal. And now back to our regular programming. Hi, I'm Marco. I'm your resident cartomantic um, something extraordinaire. And I have a serious problem with online shopping. Welcome. Uh, hi, I just sent... Um, my first Christmas postcard. It is December 20th today, and we're in the middle of a pandemic that's affecting um, postal services a lot. It was a postcard for another country. Am I doing good? Hi, I am. You are. Am I winning It's going to get there because it's going to get there before Christmas 2021. And hi, uh, this year I did not send any postcards, so uh, I'm with you all in spirit and wishing you all a fantastic Christmas uh, with health and safety and um, social distancing. My name is Van. Hello. Uh, and today our dearest Mafalda is not with us. Yes. She's taking a much deserved, deserved and needed rest. Yeah. So for this episode of the of the. I could say this is the last episode of the year for yes, Confatel. This, mm -hmm. yes. this is the, the season finale. It's the this final finale. It's the I'm good today. I'm going to write that down. Merch. <laughs> the it's the final, final I never have now. topics, but I do have puns. <laughs> Fantastic. And so we're you're you're stuck with us three today for this uh, final episode of 2020. Yes. And I got to ask uh, what are your guys' expectations uh, for 2021? None. I was going to say the same thing. None. <laughs> so keeping it low so it, it doesn't oh, yeah, blow up Dropping in your face, like isn't it? Keeping it zen. I, don't, I have absolutely no expectations for 2021. Yeah. I definitely don't care. And Wait. if I die, I'll come back to haunt you all. You already haunt us, didn't you? Yeah. Did you not know? <laughs> but as a spirit, I could do it omnipresently oh, good. oh god annoying. and at all <laughs> times we'll, we'll probably i don't know develop a ghost free spray or something oh good ghost ghost away ghost, probably if you fill your house with lavender I, I won't get in by can a ghost it. ghost you can you be ghosted by a ghost what do you call ghost it squared when, when a when a, a ghost ghosts you. I mean, that's the epitome of rejection. Not even a ghost wants to haunt you. It's not it even rejection. It's, it's just like, at least have the balls. <laughs> um, what it, what's, what's like the entity beyond a ghost? Uh, a demon? Poltergeist? Poltergeist? A demon? So if, so yeah. if a ghost ghosts you, you've been poltergeisted. Alright, thank you guys. <laughs> <laughs> You don't want to be poltergeisted. No, I don't. I don't even want no. to be ghosted. I hate not I, to know what happened. I, I yesterday I was um, doing some zapping on the tele, on the telly and um, the telly. and I oh. saw and I <laughs> while you were hitting uh, things in the microwave. In the microwave, <laughs> everybody knows. <laughs> everybody knows that's the correct way to to say yes. microwave. But Oxford do you know that she said it as a pun? Yourself. What? 
you know, she said that thing as a pun. She was being witty in the sense of like, because she is teaching you how to cook and then tells you to heat something in the microwave. In the microwave yeah. And then the yeah. whole internet exploded and she's like, dear gods, do I have to explain that it is a joke and I actually can no, say yeah. microwave? Like she is. We're, we're talking about but, Nigella Lawson. If you yes. <laughs> the microwave the, queen. That's the, the mystique of that, that situation is that yeah. whomever didn't understand it, that that was a funny... A a yolk. A yeg yolk. A neg yolk. <laughs> you know, so now everybody is saying a microwave. Yeah. It's part of her charm. I, I think that Nigella, she has at least, cooking-wise, I would say, like, cookbook-wise, she has, like, 25 years of of a, of a writing career. So it's good that really? she keeps herself being relevant. Yes. Uh, her first book was How to Eat, and it was How in the mid-90s. Love that. How to Eat. Actually, it, it is not one of my favorite books. Um, my favorite book is Feast and uh, How to Be uh, How to Become a Domestic uh, Goddess. That's Because uh, it's all about baking. Mm. Um but I think it was like the mid, um, it was the mid nineties because I think how to become a, a domestic goddess was like, yeah, she was a writer. For, she was a food writer for Vogue too. Really? Uh, Vogue UK. Yeah. I was going to ask, like, what what's her job before she got famous? Well, before she got famous, she used to write about food for Vogue, and also Nigella. Uh, I think she's an English major, and she studied uh, abroad in Italy. That's yeah, why she really very, loves like, to cultured and uh, and she really loves world. to um, slaughter uh, Italian cooking. I don't know much about her background, but uh, I do uh, know that we're blessed <laughs> to have her as a baking goddess that she is. She's so charming. I was watching. I caught her show the other day on. The telly, and I was watching telly. just because she's so charming. She's just she's just charming and funny and uncomplicated, but super sophisticated too. Like you can tell she's from an upper class, but she's she's just charming. That's the word, and, yeah. and fun. She's a charming person to watch, and so. she's sixty. Okay, that's that's fine. That For woman 60? is sixty. I want to yeah, look like that when I'm sixty, and I'm not even forty yet. So I hate her a little bit, a lot bit right now, but this too shall pass. This too shall microwave itself into microwave. our space. <laughs> By the way, if you can hear me clearly this week, thank uh, Mafalda, the crazy person who shipped a proper microphone to my house and refuses to get money for it. So Thank you, Mafalda. Thank you, Mafalda. We stand Mafalda. We ship Mafalda. We ship all our shipping. base belongs to us. And by base <laughs> I mean our hearts. All our all our base are belong to Mafalda? Yes. All our so. base are belong to Mafalda. Our hearts our, love Mafalda. Our hearts do love Mafalda, yes. Yeah. We do. Yes, they do. So we we end with uh not having the segment a thing on, a the, thing internet on the internet because out of respect. Idiot. Out, yeah, out of due I'm not respect. I'm try. No. <laughs> we do, we're not that savvy. <laughs> no. No, we're not that savvy. Um, I do, however, uh, have a, um, 
a segment mm-hmm. that I would like to introduce. And um, maybe this, this could be a, a, an interesting challenge for 2021. Oh my. Uh, not only for us, but also for those who listen to look for news that aren't always gloom and doom mm. and that uh, could the, the, the spread of this information of the of this um, news, if you will, uh, actually would uh, make an impact, a positive impact. Yeah. So I'm calling right? this segment uh, Happy News. Ooh, happy okay. news. Happy news. <laughs> Just for the happy news years. Leave, leave it to Van to actually in the run in the last running days of 2020 Hi. to find happy news. <laughs> of course, I want to find happiness in a practical sense. You know, I love practicality and I love things that, um, that are 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 useful for 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 the the world and the society of large, at large. These are curated news, baby. You guys don't yeah. look how lucky you are. <laughs> so, the tidbit of information that I want to share with you guys is um, in Bangladesh, mm-hmm. they use, uh, traditionally, they use uh, jute rope mm-hmm. for a lot of, uh, you know, uh, traditional artisan uh, crafts. <clears throat> and there's this um, scientist, his name is Mubarak Ahmad Khan. And he is a Bangladeshi scientist who has been doing research since the 90s, I think. Mm. Um, And he had a goal, a aim to create um, kind of a, a not a replacement, but a a substitute, an eco-friendly substitute for plastic bags. Mm -hmm. So he and his team developed and create um something that it's akin to plastic yeah. uh, visual wise it's very thin it's a very thin layer and uh all of it it's utilizing jute oh for jute yeah. is like i i know it's um it's you know a, those is it a rugs? fabric or uh comes from it's a, a plant. plant it's a plant right and it's a fairly yeah. inexpensive material right it, exactly we use it's, it here it's, too for I don't know, mm-hmm. making bags, for example, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, precisely so. But instead of making it in, in a manufacturing way, mm-hmm. uh, he and his team, uh, he, they seem to have found the perfect solution for this. Um, and they call it the Sonali bag. Okay. So in the description of this uh, episode, we'll leave a video link when, where, in which uh, Mr. Mubarak Haman Khan mm. explains and actually showcases this uh, type of uh, material. Mm-hmm. And there's a comparison between regular plastic that when you put it under fire, yeah. the plastic drips it's because melted. it's made out of petroleum. Yeah. And this, uh, no, I'm not going to call it plastic, but this material mm. that he, he created, uh, when you put a flame to it, it kind of burns just like paper. Oh wow! So it's it's a, out of a vegetable source. So it, and it, yeah, sorry, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. So it's very fascinating to understand that there's an applicability to this traditional Bangladeshi art, and that they're yeah. uh, 
utilizing it in a more commercial way. That's so cool. So it it, it looks and feels like a plastic bag? Yeah. Wow, how do you, you do that? You, in this video, you can actually see a, a, an industrial roller of a small scale mm -hmm. um, stretching out this fabric. Wow. And it's translucent. It's just yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's fascinating to wow. see. Wow. I remember yeah. a bunch of years ago, somewhere, maybe a job fair, I don't know. I got a, a what looked like and felt like a plastic bag, but it was made out, out of potato starch i think yeah. and, and i kept it for a long time and but then when i went to get it again it it, it had kind of broken down it, it, it became very brittle and and yeah. broke down but it was like it it reacted like any normal plastic bag i think those things are really cool they're so cool it's like why is it disintegrating it's like flakes you know yeah. but it's actually doing its do job it's not it after yeah oh. it's not taking up space that it shouldn't and it's and, and it's biodegradable i assume mm -hmm. That's it is important. it is biodegradable i've been i've been growingly mindful of um using less and less plastic so what i did was i bought <laughs> not ideal but i bought some of those little bags that are netted which are probably mm -hmm. made of a uh, synthetic material but at least they're reusable and then mm -hmm. i thought well every time i go to the market to buy fruit and vegetables they put them in plastic bags that i didn't get home and put to recycle i can just reuse them at this yes. because i always go to the same place and now i'm reusing them at the supermarket like yes I just bring my own plastic bags and reuse them. And, but that's uh, that's that's yeah. the wise the wise choice to and do. And I did that just this morning, and it was fine. Fantastic! Yay. So cool. I've I've actually uh, I remember going into uh, little mm -hmm. with just my um, lush bag, my mm -hmm. cotton lush bag. It has I don't know probably more than ten years. Mm -hmm. And I remember being followed by the security oh, guy. Oh, he thought you wanted because, to steal something. Yeah, I was, ship uh, I was shoplifting, but no, I was oh, just using a regular bag. Officer, I'm saving the planet, not yeah, exactly. I'm just, I'm just trying to save the planet one one vegetable at a time. Yes. And um, this this uh, just to conclude this happy news segment, I want to talk about another thing. Mm. That is. Um, this initiative by a French woman called Marion. I'm not going to pronounce the middle name because it's um, kind of hard to pronounce it and I don't want to butcher it. Mm -hmm. So it's Marion Dupuis. Mm -hmm. And in 2019, she won the Terre des Femmes, it's Woman's Land Award, mm -hmm. given out by the Foundation Yves Rocher. Oh. And what did she do? Or, or what is she doing? Hmm? Didn't know they had a foundation. Me neither, but apparently they do. Marco, you want to yeah. maybe chip in? Yves Rocher is a nah. makeup and cosmetics you, brand, Do right? you really think I would have something to contribute to the story of Yves Rocher? Yes. <laughs> I may be do you, doing this. Do you think to, I ever... To get that ever, reaction out of, out of you. You want that pedantic note so that our listeners <laughs> can really... Yeah, that yeah. Our listeners can say, what an asshole. Pedantic notes. I have some notes for Yves Rocher. I don't buy anything that comes out of a catalogue. I find it incredibly tacky. 
So, although Marco finds it incredibly tacky, yeah. this foundation sponsored her Marion's uh, initiative. Mm -hmm. She, along her team, have been cleaning out um, the Mount Everest. She has been oh, cleaning God. up they to find eight. No, some. Maybe. <laughs> but the fact is, she has been cleaning up to 8.5 tons what? of rubbish on Mount Everest. Are you kidding me? How many? No, no. Not that many people have gone there. Or have they, they have. Because people oh, tend to focus on Mount Everest as the top of Mount I Everest. Think. And they forget that there's like a lower ground to Mount Everest. Yeah. And... Um, so she started out this project in 2016. She is 37 years old oh. and she already um, went up to the, the, tip, the peak, the, the top of Mount Everest Ugh. for three times. What? And during that time, yeah, she, she's kick-ass. So during that time, she, she kind of took notice of the fact that it was getting more polluted each time she went up there. So her team is comprised of local volunteers. So people have to go uh, climb Mount Everest to pick up trash. Yeah, b b it's wow. not just the, the, the top of the Mount know, Everest. I know, I know, but yeah. I, I wouldn't go. I'm afraid of, of stepping on a stepladder. Yeah, I'm not even joking. Same. I have, I don't know if this is actually a name of a condition, but if I'm in a really, really high... Um, place i don't feel vertigo but if i step on a chair i feel dizzy as hell mm. uh, yeah, yeah that, that, i, I that, don't think that's... i've ever ever felt vertigo i just feel scared that i might fall <laughs> yeah, yeah that's also possible but yeah but essentially uh, she and her team and yaks you know those uh, cow looking oh, the furry animals? type animals yeah they take animals. they have been bringing what oh, they take animals yeah. with them yeah because it's it's you know kilos and kilos of of rubbish of oh, plastic bags the, and... uh, the rubbish well yeah i i think still dick move to to leave uh rubbish on uh, nature or anywhere mm -hmm. really even mm -hmm. if you live in a city but also, if you are climbing a mountain, you do want to travel light. So I understand yeah. the thought process yeah. of "fuck it, this stays behind." Still yeah, but not, you know, not good. It, it's that it's that comparison of thirty years of existing and eight point five tons of rubbish. It's too much, you it's know. A it's a lot just, of rubbish, man. It's a lot of rubbish. Did so, they find that guy's I'm, nose? Ha! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I don't know. Sorry. We, we had a Portuguese <laughs> climber who got to the top of Mount Everest, but his nose and some of his fingertips were... Didn't. Uh, what? Hidden? Some of his nose and his fingertips didn't. Didn't. They, they didn't make it because uh, he lost circulation. So they were... I, I know there's a particular name for this. It's more than being frost uh, bitten. And also, unfortunately, his... Um, the friend that he was climbing with um, died during the, mm -hmm. the, uh, the ascent and he had to decide if he would uh, continue or not. And he decided to continue, uh, which I understand. So, yeah, that was that was all over the news. And he even wrote a book and sometimes he's still interviewed for like inspiring mm -hmm. stories, yada, yada. 
Yeah, and, and what's the fascinating bit is, is that we tend to hear about these climbs to Mount Everest as being something very courageous, and it is. It, but it's it demands also kind of foolish physical, because it's extremely and, difficult. Yeah, it demands a lot of physical preparation. There's a lot of ways things can go wrong. Yeah, and and so it's you know just to end just to end this this happy news on on a happy uh, Yay, thought. the forest is cleaner. Yeah, it's if you practice something outside, try not to you know leave your uh, trail of destruction. That's yeah. what my mom said when I was messy in the house. Like you leave a trail yeah, of destruction. Yeah, the trail of destruction. You the drama and so dramatic you know leave leave the planet uh for others to enjoy as it once was yes. so these are two news of happiness yay thank you for the happy news man -na -na -na. <laughs> <laughs> marco you're very quiet today what's going on <laughs> well the segment is happy news <laughs> <laughs> okay what what would be your specialty so many to choose from so little time however for the beginner I, <coughs> user what would you suggest <laughs> oh useless trivia that's useless you know useless trivia really useless yeah useless trivia um, <laughs> that's why we're married that is why we're married that's, that's, why, that's why we're married I did go to, to watch um, the Wonder Woman 1984 movie right. this week mm -hmm. And I'm not going to spoil it for you. Um, and not to like anyone. It? it actually was an amazing experience. And I think I'm going to miss some things of the pandemic. Because it was just the four of us in the theater. Really? With no one else. Yes. Wow. Oh, I'm, I'm absolutely sure I'm going to miss some of the things that are possible to do right now. I haven't yeah. been to the movies. In the so, um, I enjoyed the the 80s of it it was so incredibly 80s there there were like times that I, I thought they are taking out footage from other movies and other shows because it's so realistic of course the makeup for Kristen Wiig and and uh, Gal Gadot wasn't you know like blue I love yeah. her it isn't like blue garage doors 80s makeup because I, I I think they were like we're not, <laughs> we're just it would not turn doing it into that. like a parody, a yeah. Parody movie so um, shame. I I didn't enjoy it as much as I did the first one because um, anyone who knows me knows that I do not like uh, superhero movies, especially superhero movies with a title character having more than one villain, like having two antagonists. Uh, kind of makes the plot weaken, and I've only seen it work once in um, Batman Returns, which is amazing. But I think it worked because Catwoman, played gorgeously by Michelle Pfeiffer, wasn't wasn't actually a villain. She was just an antagonist no. to everyone, to just... Shrek, to to Batman, to Penguin. She was just like doing her yeah, thing. She and... wasn't trying to piss anyone in particular off she was just doing her thing she was just being glamorous um i do think i uh there was a little bit of a, like a deus ex machina plot device to the movie that when you experience it you can maybe expand on it that i really didn't enjoy 
Uh, but it's something that Wonder Woman readers were, will also find very funny. There are like little tidbits and hints and things like... Um, uh, if I go into any of the details, I'm going to spoil it. And I, I'm sure that a lot of people haven't had the privilege to go to the movies. So I'm not going to spoil the experience. Is it worth going to watch? Yes, it is made for the big screen. The fighting sequences are amazing. I would have just left one villain out. Probably just kept Cheetah uh, as as the antagonist for Wonder Woman. Because I think Cheetah could stand on her own. And uh, she deserved a much better origin story. Um... And um, and the ending kind of like ugh, miffed me a little bit, but but I did enjoy it. So maybe um, it's a metaphor for how women have to work twice as hard to get the same result. That's why there's two. No, actually, it's like it still pushes on stereotypic, uh, you know, the cliche that women are um, even when women are successful, if there is someone who effortly is better than them instead of being proud they're jealous so because again and this was one of the critiques for the first one wonder woman uh movie which was the antagonist being a disfigured uh scientist fighting a beautiful breathtaking amazon and this time we don't have that cliche but we have um the feelings of cheetah towards uh, Diana or Wonder Woman or whatever you wanna you wanna call it and, and and that I think you know being directed by a woman I don't know who wrote the script I'm and I'm a little bit um, lazy to actually go and check the credits but if it was a woman yikes if it was a man I get it you know if it's a man <laughs> I get it that he Business wrote it that way so it's business as usual like oh yeah I'm jealous of you yeah <laughs> Um, but it is fabulous. It's like eighties in his in its glory. It's her wearing the golden armor, which I'm not spoiling because it's on the trailer and it's on the posters. Um, is it that the one that looks like a bird? Yes, yes, oh, it's, it's the one beautiful. that looks. It's beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. But I do prefer Wonder Woman when she is prone to violence. There was a lot of lewdness prone to, to violence. Um, she wasn't. Explain. She isn't when they push her to be violent, you know. Because usually Wonder Woman, from the eighties when she was revamped by George Perez, uh, Wonder Woman came to the uh, the patriarch's work, <laughs> or man's world, as she call it, um, as an ambassador of peace, as an ambassador of a nation that was um, ruled by women and that lived prosperously and peacefully. And she came to show us how it was done. And she would always, always try not to resort to to violence. Even though she is one of the most powerful um, superheroes in in the DC universe. So that's one of the things that is actually very cool about Wonder Woman. And then when, you know, when they push it, she is a trained... Uh, martial artist and uh, centuries-old warrior, um, but and and they did pop that. I just think that her um, human liaison could have been Dr. Julia Capitelli's, which was um, a Greek um, professor 
at a university in the comics. She could have been a great cameo in the movie. We're getting uh, some diversity here. Yeah, she she could have been there, but she's not. They choose Wonder Woman's uh, human connection to be someone else, which I'm not sure if that person is in the trailer or not, so I'm not going to talk about it. And I thought that was like a huge waste of time. Um, and also, the beginning of the movie was kind of, you know, it's like that morality of like, oh, you know, even when in, there is beauty in the awful truth, even if it is the awful truth, and you know, and, and then they bang over it again and again and again. So, did, did I enjoy it? Yes. Would I go to watch it again? Yes. Would I have fairies deliver it from the internet so I could watch it again in my house? Of course, yes. It's Wonder Woman. Well, it's you know, Christmas time. I am. I am, I am that faggot. Will I probably buy the discs? Yes, of course. <laughs> um, I, like the, the I, I actually uh, yesterday. Yes. What Wonder Woman is a brunette, not a blonde. Yeah, she's so, a brunette. Yay! Yeah. And yesterday I was Southern I was Europe looking justice. at the my Instagram feed and I follow Gal Gadot mm -hmm. and she shared um that she usually doesn't uh, own or showcases her movie props I inside her home but that the helmet that she wears mm -hmm. on this movie is so so precious and significant to her that she actually has it in uh Little showcased it's in the, in the it's really pretty to to look at Aww. is it is it like a tiara thing or is it something else no I it's more like a helmet like helmet. it looks like, like an, an eagle. eagle yeah like a, a bald wow. eagle right it yeah. looks like a bald yeah. eagle nice yeah yeah because you know what the wonder woman beautiful. logo also is kind of like a, an eagle i'm gonna pretend i know that yes <laughs> <of course>. <laughs> <laughs> So. Yeah, so you went you went and other three people in the movies? Wow. Yeah, that's, I went that's one yeah, of the I things that I probably I went with my partner and two friends that you also know. Oh, okay. I can guess who they are. <laughs> <laughs> I have been watching The Crown. I started season three yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've only watched two episodes of season three, which has Olivia Coleman, Coleman, who I yeah. absolutely adore, but mm -hmm. I'm not loving it so far. The season, it, it's kind of boring. You, you have to, so I believe that you have to give, to, to do a pause, a break between seasons oh. because this, the change in acting yeah, that's, it's that's tremendous. What's, what's throwing me off is the change in acting yes. between, it's, you know, essentially, it's supposed to be the same person, but now she's much older, but she's much peppier. So I'm like, yes. and I yes. can't stop seeing Olivia Coleman. I'm like, she's just being herself. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Which I love, but it's very distracting to me. Uh, and it's, also, it's Elena Bonham Carter is... Oh. By the way, the the actress that plays plays Princess Margaret in the first two seasons, she is freaking gorgeous. I'm she sorry, Vanessa. She is Kirbin. beautiful. She is she so is like beautiful. Jesus Vanessa Kirbin. What? Her the actress name is Vanessa Kirbin. Oh, Vanessa Kirbin, you are beautiful. I stand. I envy you. <laughs> Style I, I icon. Wish. 
And no, she, yes, she's and she always looks so good. And I love it that as time goes by, her eyeliner keeps getting longer and longer and longer. I'm like, oh, I relate. <laughs> she's like me. She's like, I'm just going to do something simple today. And then it's like up to the back of your neck. <laughs> uh, and uh, Helena Bonham Carter is... Um, It's also very good, but I haven't been able to like disconnect from the actresses and see the characters. But I, I love yeah. the whoever's taking care of the wardrobe uh, oh, in the yes. series is doing a spectacular job. Spectacular job. And hair and makeup too. Yeah, the the characterization of this this of this show is is akin to acting as well because uh I don't know if you've already reached the point in which you, you meet um Princess Diana. No, no, no. She's on That's season only three. Season four, right? Yeah, and and it's the the fashion statements that <laughs> this the crown uh, makes towards the, the 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 dresses and the you know those tipping point moments that we recall mm -hmm. from looking at uh, a photo shoot of Princess Diana. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I don't even have to search Google for this because it's so vivid in yeah, the mind. Because they, they, they took, they, especially from Diana's wardrobe, they took iconic um, clothes and, and things that mm -hmm. were photographed and uh, were seen. And yeah, I do have to say that the actress who plays Diana does an amazing job of tricking my mind because mm -hmm. when I looked at her online, mm -hmm. I, I told myself, she does not look like Diana. When I yeah. saw her on the show on the first episode, she didn't trick me into thinking she was Diana. But I think it's like the f the episode where they they get engaged. My mm -hmm. brain thought he it was seeing Diana, um, yeah. the Princess of Wales. And I was like, oh my god. I appreciated the fact. I had that same feeling towards. Uh, the actress that plays Diana because I was looking for Diana yeah. and when she comes in she's not Diana mm -hmm. but I like the fact that they played that I, I in the sense that, that with all characters they're like there's like physical resemblance enough mm -hmm. like they didn't do a skinny Winston Churchill that'd be stupid but mm -hmm. uh, uh, John Lithgow doesn't look like Winston Churchill it's the uh, wardrobe and everything else that makes yes. you see the the person there it's, and he's and not and wearing like well, yeah. maybe he wears prosthetics because he's skinny mm -hmm. and Winston wasn't yeah. but everyone mm -hmm. else they they didn't go like oh it has to, has to be a doppelganger It, yeah, ev yeah, everything else uh, makes it believable. Falls into place. Yeah, and I, I I appreciate the fact that when we go inside Diana's first time within the royal family, suddenly, at least for me, I was not looking for Diana. I was looking for something that I hadn't seen before or thought of. Mm -hmm. That is, someone her age going into that establishment, and. <clears throat> As you say, when when she, then again when we see her with uh, Charles, mm -hmm. it's then we see Diana. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, there she is. Whatever being in love means. Yes, it's fascinating, and the acting is really cool. But I do get what you're saying. It's uh, going from season one when where we have Claire Foy and Matt. She's Smith. amazing. She is, and she's beautiful too. God damn. <laughs> Well, at least in season four, you're going to have a cameo of her. 
she's gonna oh, make really? a cameo yeah oh. a very pristine cameo very <laughs> precise cameo <laughs> um i think but matt I smith is also good as prince uh what's his name philip Albert? philip, philip. Yeah. <laughs> no, sorry, so I, I, no, I missed them up. Sorry. The uh, Playboy of the world, uh, head of dickheads. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, what else did I want to say? Oh, and poor Charles. Th- he had like the most miserable childhood. I'm going to tell you, Inej, wait till season four before you say yeah. poor Charles. Yeah. No, no, poor <laughs> child. Charles, he had a yes. miserable childhood. They yes. all did. That was, you know, like at a point, at a point, they, they make, you know, they tell you, like, they all did, except for Diana, which also in the episode that Vanessa is referencing about Diana meeting with the royal family and going through the process of, of acceptance and it mirroring Thatcher, you know, but also... Mm-hmm. The whole thing about the stag that they're hunting. Oh, yes. And the, that was beautiful. And the made. beautiful symbolism of here is an ornamental, sacrificial piece mm-hmm. to, um, to show. You know, Diana. To show the world. Diana, the goddess of hunting. Yeah. Oh. So it's, it's a beautiful It's a beautiful episode. That, that episode yeah, is, is absolutely beautiful. It's you have to suspend the disbelief between seasons, I guess, because I, I had no problem acting. with season one and season two. It was the same actor, so I was it, fine. Now yeah, in it's season just three, the, the, it's yeah. such a difference that I'm like, why is the queen full of energy now that she's old? What the <laughs> Claire? Tone it down, man. <laughs> <laughs> and the, <laughs> I I don't know if you started watching this, but um, once I started watching this Not this Claire, season no, of The Crown. I started watching some of the um, behind-the-scenes interviews with oh. Coleman. She's oh, it, she's hysterical. She's amazing. <laughs> They're just that both hysterical. Just Have you guys <laughs> seen Fleabag yet? Uh, no. um, she's in it. Oh, 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 is she in the first season? She's in, she's in both seasons. She's the mom, isn't she? She's the stepmother. Oh. Yeah, the stepmother. You learn her yeah. names. She's stepmother, the same she's way stepmother. father is father. <laughs> I, I do have to say that the best thing in those interviews that are on YouTube, on the Netflix channel, is when they ask her, do you have any advice for, because season five is going to present a new cast. Oh, and, mm-hmm. and, and Yeah, in the season six. It's going to end on season oh six. My. So mm-hmm. um, they asked her, do you have any words of advice uh, to Imelda Staunton to play the queen? And she was like, to Imelda Staunton? No, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> of course. She's so funny. She's, she's humble and she knows that they, she's you know. She's super genuine. That's why she's yeah. so funny. <laughs> and I, I, also, I also saw her, a recent movie with her called The Favorite. Oh, I still oh. that's the one she won the Oscar for, right? Yes. And yes. she said her husband had the best night of his life because she won the Oscar. I mean, how can you not love her? <laughs> yes. Oh, man. I did not know that. Yeah. It was at some award ceremony, like the next year maybe she was presenting. It was just like, uh-huh. I just wanted to say the last year I was so happy to win this and my husband had the best night of his life. Like, not <laughs> I had the best night of my life, my husband did. 
She's hilarious. I love her. Yeah, she's so funny. But the, that movie, The Favorite, uh, she stars alongside Rachel Weisz and Emma Stone. Mm. And it's, um, it's a high contrast, contrast acting when you look at her in the crown and you, you see her so... You say that she has a lot of energy poise. and poise and posture and, and you Formality. see every muscle of her being mm. con constrained and restricted. Yeah. She actually has an acting, uh, um, <laughs> an acting technique that when she had to do those difficult um, dialogues with Charles and Philip, she was actually listening to the weather station so that, so that she wouldn't break down. So when, when they're, the actors are like talking to her, she's like, yes, and tonight it will be very, very cloudy. You have to see her interview on the um, Graham Norton, Graham Norton uh -huh. show. Graham because Norton. I think yeah. um, uh, Eleanor Bottom Carter is there too. And uh, clearly they're friends and get along very mm. well. And it, it's so funny. They do. They, they make jokes about Eleanor Bonham Carter's playlists on the, on her phone that is like crazy. <laughs> like it's either pop music and then it's like weird soundtrack music, then harps, then violins. <laughs> but, as, as it would be expected from her because yeah, she's I'm not, so... I'm not shocked. <laughs> yeah, she's so artistic. I have no other words to describe her. It's other, other than artistic. artistic. It's someone that she knows something that I don't know. <laughs> she's the person to talk to when you are looking for inspiration because she's bound to know something that we don't know. Yeah. And you know what else you don't know, Vanessa? What I don't know. You don't know the next segment that I'm going to talk about, which is called, Oh, Japan. <laughs> oh, Oh, wow, so many new segments. So, oh, Japan. Oh, ja well, we have to, you know, we have to keep the the, the expectations high until uh, Mafalda returns. Mafalda returns. But for this week, and maybe the only week of Oh, Japan, <laughs> I'm going to talk about a children's um, book called Oshiri Tante. Okay. Oshiri Tante is um, uh, translated as Butt Detective or Detective Butt. You know, which okay. is a detective whose face looks like, you guessed it, a butt. What? And when he's speaking, it looks like he's farting. Oh, my God. And this is a children's book which has like, I don't know, 13 or 14 volumes. There's a TV series. And I would ask you to go online ask and look us? to Oshiri Tante and look... And look at his face. But you know what worries me is he has no eyes. He doesn't. Oh, he does. Them. Yes, he does. Oh, he does. He, he does. Yes, they, he does. He, his eyes sparkle. Okay. You have you have to look. It, it's a character. You see. It, it, it's a character. You're gonna you're gonna love. Um... I have to ask. How did you? You know. How? Get to know Orishi Tante. How? Um, I got to know Oshiri Tante because uh, a friend of the pod, who I don't think listens to the pod, um, Andrea, sent me the link and asked me, do you know this? <laughs> That's the kind of thing he would say. <laughs> Have you seen this? <laughs> it has and a then I was like, oh, it, it has that crayon Shinchan feeling to it. Um, oh, God. But he is very polite polite and um are, are, are japanese people obsessed with butts or what's going on here 
I think it's just they have they have a different approach to, to humor to like Japanese yeah, humor and Japanese humor and Japanese um, shows is one of the things that when I started getting into a, a, a very very short stint on drama, um, one of the things that I had to get used to was how uh, Japanese actors act, which is so incredibly over the top. It, and to <laughs> us, it re- it reads as bad acting. Okay. Until you get used to it, and then when you get used to it, it makes sense. It I do think sense. that the Korean dramas are uh, better than than the Japanese ones. But I actually got, and this comes as no surprise, into drama because of Sailor Moon, because Sailor Moon had a very f- like a fifty-two episode um, live action drama series that I followed and they are so bad at acting in the beginning. (laughs) They're like ridiculous young young girls. They're like 16 or 17 at the time and they are not the greatest actresses. And, but you get it, you know, by the end of the show, you see them evolve and, but it's always so over the top and always so expressive, which also I found out speaking of live action and, and, and these types of shows that the um, the mecha shows that evolved into you know Mighty Morphin Power Rangers and stuff like that actually only gained popularity because the Japanese have their own version of Spider Man who has abs who is the same Spider Man from Marvel but has absolutely at the same time nothing to do with Spider Man. Why and, did they do their own version? Well, because. Basically, uh, someone from Marvel was sent to Japan to work on a television series for Spider-Man, a live-action one. So they did it, uh, and he rolled with it. And some of the things for the Japanese uh, are very culture-specific. So he was adapting it, and then someone said, let's put a giant robot and then have a super special <laughs> Spider-Man bike and and to sell toys because that, that was the whole thing. Um, and then basically that kind of acting and that kind of show evolved in what, what later became um, super Sentai shows. Um, like, you know, like, like Sailor Moon. And this is really, really weird because it's like... A th- um, Something like biting its own, like a snake biting its own mm-hmm. tail, because Sailor Moon is actually an approach to um, these Super Sentai shows featuring all girls. So, actually, what? it becoming a Super Sentai show it becomes also like you know, life imitating art, imitating life, or whatever it's called. Yeah. What What's Sentai? Uh, Sentai. It's like superheroes. You know, the, those color-coded superheroes, Super Sentais are... Um, color-coded? Color-coded, oh, like, you know, like, like Power, Power Rangers. Rangers. Because yes. on, Pink um, Ranger, Black Ranger, Yellow Ranger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Super Sentai yeah. is like Task Force or Fighting oh. Squadron because Sentai, like it's Sen... Like the A-Team. Yeah. That's a really bad comparison. It, Sen is um, the first like uh, the first character for the word Senshi, which means warrior. So yeah. and Tai so is group, this, so it's like warrior yeah. group. Dear listeners, you don't know this, but I do. The two people I'm talking to speak Japanese. Feel free to <laughs> hate on them. No, don't hate on. Don't us. hate on <laughs> us. 
especially in, because in after Japanese, I spent... But in Japanese, Sentai is, is translated as um, squadron or task force oh, or division groups, you know. It. So it... it I, I believe that the most uh, present uh, image that we have in the early 80s was the Power Rangers franchise. 90s. Because it originated 90s. in Japan. 90s. What? The 90s. Power Rangers is from the 90s. 90s, 90s is all the same. <laughs> but but Super Sentai come from like the, the, the early 70s. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. where you have, mm-hmm. I, I actually got introduced to the world of Super Sentai because those shows were really, really cheap and um, they were all over French television, which I used to mm-hmm, watch mm-hmm. when I was like 12. And I really loved it because one of the things that I love about Japanese shows, if there's an there's a beginning and there's an end, then there's an arc. There's some, yeah. except for X by Clamp, which I'm not going to go on a tirade and alienate everyone else. But um, <laughs> th- that thing ends. It gives me solace, you know. It, it also gives me solids to know that 2020 will be ending soon. And um, <sighs> I, I have to segue into, into uh, something that um, I found interesting to, to notice. It's the Google Trends um, in, in, in what relates to Portuguese searches. Oh, can God. you guess what we've, can you guess what we've been searching? Uh... Vaccine legislation about working from home what does layoff mean yes actually yes uh, that's correct something that we, we, we how to make bread the same as the yes. rest of the world <laughs> yes <laughs> how to not go insane what happens uh, legally if i kill my children <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i don't know if that's a safe search mode or not well, but I mean, the last one was not in it, it. <laughs> think about how you phrase it <laughs> well one of the things that um it was most searched about in portugal is what is public calamity oh, oh yeah. Is, okay yeah yeah and what is the meaning of state of emergency i, and what I is, don't really know the technical i just know it means bad actually <laughs> word wise even though it sounds worse no, I know, I a know state words, of but I know, no I no no know, but the word like, state of calamity is not as bad as state of emergency because yeah, during state of emergency like, you lose a lot of your rights if mm-hmm. acting government wants it to yeah well <laughs> i think it's good that we have that thought out i hope we never need it or seldom need it but i i think it's good it's not the kind of situation where you want to wing it <laughs> at all at all so and one of the other things that was most uh, searched about in 2020 in Portugal Porn? was how to make bread. How to make bread, Marco. Honestly, how could you? How to make masks. Oh. Yeah. oh. How to make bakers. Um, oh, the, the, the starter. starter. The starter dough. Oh, starter okay. Dough. Starter, starter dough. Starter dough. Yeah. How to make pizza dough. Okay. Yeah. And how to boil an octopus. Oh, because Christmas is coming, and yeah. in some places of the country, yeah. uh, it's traditional yeah. to octopus. Towards, I it, love it, me an octopus. Oh, you too. Oh no, you're not a vegetarian anymore. No, Marco. I'm not. That's you know, 2020. Do you like it was, I it, I was doing some late night hooking, 
And then the tray didn't <laughs> like it, and he set me on fire, and then I crystallized, and I, and I eat meat again. <laughs> But do you like octopus? I love it. I love, I love um, mollusks of any kind, so like squid, um, no, cuttlefish, uh, octopi. Okay. I, I love it. I, I really do. And I, I have a friend at work who's a vegetarian and she says, it's so funny, especially if you hear her saying it. She's like, I'm a vegetarian and she's super like rigorous about it and health conscious was like, but I have no respect for shrimp. Uh, like what kind of animal is that? They're like cockroaches of the sea. So I eat those. <laughs> shrimp gets no respect for me. I love it. It's so funny. Cockroaches, cockroaches of the sea. Um, well, we're, we're reaching that, that point in our episode in which we have to wrap up and being this, and being this the last episode of uh, 2020, uh, do you want to say something to our dear listeners? Should we do a reading? Buy our merch. <laughs> yeah, buy our merch. Why do you buy not our buy our merch or write <laughs> us letters or leave us comments? We need to talk. I have a question for Marco's readings. Oh. Our listeners leave, leave us on red all the time. I ain't like. <laughs> why this. do our listeners don't engage with us? Yes, why don't you? Show your faces, cowards. <laughs> You're sweet, sweet, sweet cowards. No. <laughs> <laughs> You're being just as bad. Um... But yeah, uh, this has been a, a year of firsts for me. So um, I hope that 2021 brings um, a lot of people the much needed respite uh, of the <laughs> continuous strifes of 2020. At least don't get worse than 2020. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I think that we're, we're, going, we're going to experience a very mentally challenging 2021 in regards to mental health because Again? There, I believe so it's just part two I believe that there are a lot of people snapping at the moment oh yeah and there will be a lot of people wanting to <clears throat> enforce normalcy when it's not possible at the moment and we have to take into account that while there are some people that will get to Uh, get a vaccination some won't and that there will be a limbo in between uh, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated one but it's it's supposed to be like that it's not a good <laughs> idea to vaccinate everyone at the same time you get maximum Correct. effect if you do it in layers so to yeah. speak but you know it's it's a personal conscience of continuing to use the mask even mm. if you're vaccinated and and, and oh, we know how that works yeah. we know how that works you can um, still be a, a spreader It's like any yeah. other disease. Yeah. I think. Marco, do you have a... <laughs> do you have a question for me? What is the question? Oh, you, I, I actually asked the question, but here we go again. Oh, <laughs> Why you? do our listeners don't engage oh, with us? Oh, that was the actual that question. Was the actual Red question. for filth listeners. Why yes. do our... I'm typing it. Listen. We we do we do record this on 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 a Sunday, so bear in mind we sometimes get a bit um. After a late night of hooking. 
We get tired. Why are you apologizing? I will not apologize. I feel this way about our listeners any day of the week. Thank you very much. <laughs> Vanessa's trying to United Nations this. No, I am no, a horrible no, no. person. Yeah. She's nice. I'm horrible. Also, if if you're listening to this at the um, at the New Year's at the end of this year, please take take the New Year's mobility restrictions seriously. Yeah, there don't is a go lot places of stake. when you're not supposed to. Yeah, there's a, a lot of stake, and we're at a turning point in our COVID nineteen pandemic. Yeah. with the vaccine being administered, stay inside, schedule your digital get-togethers, celebrate yeah. the New Year. By Don't wisely selecting what you like wish to bring into 2021 next year, if you do, you know, what? stay home now so you can go to the beach when, oh, when yes. it's the summer, huh? Think of it that way. Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Okay, oh. well, I have know. I have a, an answer for you when when you're ready. Oh, okay. What, come, where are the come cards? bring us the the, the the reading. I think our listeners <laughs> think we're a bit wacko. Well, that's mm -hmm. accurate. <laughs> that's it. What are the cards? What? Oh, the what cards are, the, are cards? the fool, the moon, <laughs> and the magician, which is oh. Britney Spears, uh, head shaved, wrecking something, uh, Elvira, and uh, David Copperfield. Those are the characters oh. from the Tarot Trash. And so, uh, the wonderful, also of. wonderful, wonderful creator of Tarot Trash reached out for mm -hmm. us and she loves the fact that we were using her deck which is now oh, the yay. official deck for um for Confatel. and but she also said that if if any of us uh us <laughs> the creatrixes of of Confatel want some of her merch we we get a special discount because she gets a kick oh! out of our readings oh my god yeah. how exciting well, what's her name uh, she, her name is Iris Vidal. She is from uh, Spain. I think she's from mm -hmm. Barcelona, maybe. Uh, and her Instagram is at Zomiga. Hi, Iris. Hola, Iris. Hola, Iris. Hola, Iris. And um, and and so I think they 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 think we're a bit unhinged and and crazy and wacko. And oh, sometimes yes, yeah. they kind they just I I don't think they understand that we are real people they think that most of us are just a lot of an act they listen to us in the moment but then they oh, don't they don't think of us like a regular people like any of our friends who actually listens to them this probably is chuckling because they know we're exactly like this no we really are like this. <laughs> yeah I, or I, worse I i'm worse though yeah. We're like supernatural entities we are we're like you know they think this is like a bit of an an, an act, so no. No, I'm not. Yes, we we have our own titties, entities. What? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of titties in Confatel, you know. Maybe wait. Maybe that's a business waiting to happen. Rent a titty. Rent a titty. Rent a titty. Rent a titty. I, don't know, I feel like there's something to this. There's, mo well, there's money let's, to be made. Let's go. Yeah, let's leave that yeah. let that business uh, pitch for the next year's Shark Tank oh, and. Until next episode, uh, Happy New Year, everyone. Remember to wear your mask, yes. practice your physical distance, mm -hmm. wash your hands, and be and kind. Be kind. <laughs> Rent a ditty.
Inish not muted and I'm posing as Mafalda. Thank you for listening to Confortel, conversations and easy banter. Please like, rate and follow our podcast in whichever platform you're currently listening on. Make sure to follow us at Confortel on Instagram and Confortel Pod on Twitter, where you can ask us questions and get the latest updates on our show.